Peter knelt down and prayed. He turned to the body and said, Tabitha, get up. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. On this fourth Sunday of Easter, which happens also to be Mother's Day, I offer you Tabitha in Aramaic, Dorcas in Greek, or Gazelle in English. Now, we're not used to naming people quite like that. If we'd had a daughter, which we didn't, it probably would have never occurred to me to name her Gazelle. But Tabitha Dorcas Gazelle had a special name, and Luke calls her by a special title. So let's start there. Her special name, Gazelle. For a Jewish girl, and it's given to us first in Aramaic, which would have been the spoken language of Jewish people at the time, it, her name cannot help but recall Song of Songs, beginning at chapter 8, verse 2, and then rounding out in chapter, uh, at the end of the book, where it is God, the beloved, who comes, who is called gazelle, who comes leaping and bounding. My God comes leaping the mountains and bounding the hills to rescue, redeem, and love his people. To have that name put on you would give Tabitha Dorcas Gazelle the opportunity every day to say to herself, my God comes leaping the mountains, bounding the hills to rescue, redeem, and love his people, to rescue, redeem, and to love me. As Jewish commentator Michael Fishbane observes, just as a gazelle bounds from place to place, so has God come in successive manifestations on Israel's behalf to Egypt, to the sea, to Sinai. With this image, the people anticipate God's immediate advent and even beseech it. Come, leaping, and mount, leaping the mountains, bounding the hills. And the gospel writer and the writer of Acts, Luke, knows... And so does Tabitha Dorcas Gazelle, that the leaping and bounding of God has taken the divine lover all the way to Bethlehem. And Tabitha Dorcas Gazelle has not just a special name, but a special title. Only one time does the female word for disciple show up in the New Testament, and it has to do with Dorcas. She is called Mathatria, female disciple. She isn't just a believer. She's gone to the school of Christ. She's a follower, and she gets it. In Christ, this lady embodies God himself leaping the mountains, bounding the hills, coming after and nurturing his bride. Her way of doing so, well, our story tells us about how she becomes benefactress to, to widows, making clothes for them. George MacDonald, sort of 
literary mentor to C.S. Lewis, imagines how Jesus' teaching about I was naked and you clothed me may have inspired a Dorcas. I might guess, I might guess, then guess I would, that mid the gathered folk, this gentle Dorcas one day stood and heard when Jesus spoke. She saw the woven seamless coat, half envious for his sake. Oh, happy hand, she said, that wrought the honored thing to make. Her eyes with longing tears grow dim. She never can come nigh to work one service poor for him for whom she glad would die. But hark, he speaks, O precious word, and she has heard indeed. When did we see thee naked, Lord, and clothe thee in thy need? The king shall answer. You remember this from Matthew 25? Inasmuch as to my brethren ye did it, even to the least of such, ye did it unto me. Home, home she went and plied the loom, and Jesus' poor, and Jesus' poor arrayed. She died. They wept about the room and showed the coats she made. A special name, a special title, because in the name of God, she leaps the mountains, bounds the hills to care for God's poor. But as the story goes on, she becomes sick. Actually, the Greek word is she becomes weak. She, like all of us, is frail and fragile, and her body just breaks down, and she dies. She becomes weak or sick and dies because, like us, like any of us, any of us, she was fragile and frail. You know what? You hit a certain age, and things start falling apart. Uh, so I've heard. <laughs> Don't look around the room too closely, but many of us are living beyond our expiration date. The, the fact is, though, everybody I know, no matter how together they seem, no matter how bespoke their attire, no matter what the degrees are on their wall or the titles behind their name, they, we, all have broken places in our lives, are living with bodies that are breaking down, are living through unresolved conflicts where we just feel that we are so, so weak, so frail, so fragile, we don't know how to fix it. Living with repressed anger that we can barely control and that leaks out to our shame. We're all going to grow weak and die. We need a savior, not just because we are sinners, though we are and we do. We need a savior because we are, as prayer A says, subject to evil and death. That is, we are broken and need to be fixed. We need a savior because we are sick and need to be healed. And I pray that you never forget that about anybody that is around you. No matter what soapbox they're on, no matter how, how grumpy they make you, we could go on and on here, couldn't we? But we're all broken. 
And we need to be, we need to be willing to listen for the brokenness that's underneath everybody's tirade about anything and anybody. But, okay, so there's a special name, there's a special title, she does become weak and dies, but that's not where the story ends, is it? There's always resurrection. Because God is in the healing business of our sin and our woundedness, our brokenness, of death itself. Three times our text uses the word that is, that is used for Jesus' resurrection. Peter gets up when messengers come to him. He goes to her and he says, Tabitha, get up, using that word, and she sits up and she gets up, using the word for resurrection. Luke is just expecting us to go, because Jesus rose, Peter can rise, tell her to rise, and she can rise. Her story, it's a wonderful thing that Luke does throughout his gospel, weaving, telling his stories about what happens in the church and through Jesus to evoke memories of the whole biblical story. Her story evokes Elisha raising the Shunammite's son, 2 Kings chapter 4. Her story evokes Jesus' raising of Jairus' daughter with the Aramaic Talitha kum. And what Peter would have said to Dorcas in Aramaic would have been Tabitha kum, just off by one letter. And for Luke, our church's patron, part of the raising that is happening throughout the, throughout the Luke Acts um, two-volume work, part of what happens in the two-volume work of Luke Acts is the raising of the mothers of the church. Think about where Luke's gospel begins. Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Luke focuses in the, in the book of Acts on the mother of John Mark, who is the hostess of the church in Jerusalem, Acts chapter 12. He focuses on Lydia, purple merchant in Philippi and hostess to Paul and his retinue, the first hostess in the whole continent of Europe, Acts chapter 16. The not a few prominent women of the various cities that Paul ministers in. There's Priscilla, who is teacher to the evangelist Apollos, Acts chapter 18. There's, there are Philip's daughters who prophesy in Acts 21, fulfilling Peter's Pentecost sermon that daughters as well as sons would prophesy. Luke establishes the start of a long line of mothers of the church. Some of them have physical children, but you don't need to have physical children to be a mother of the church. The latest edition, by the way, will be the ordination in two weeks at the six o'clock service here at the Cathedral Church of Deacon Patricia Orlando to become Mother Patricia Orlando. And for that, we give God great glory and thanks and praise. And finally, because there's resurrection, 
there's a good shepherd to accompany you, to feed you, and to get you home. So if I can collapse some thoughts from Psalm 23, Revelation 7, and today's gospel reading in John 10. Out of the great ordeal, out of the sadness of life lived, souls are rescued. Their souls have been their stoles have been washed white in the blood of the Lamb. The one on the throne dwells among them. They will never hunger or thirst, for the Lamb in the midst of them will shepherd them and lead them to springs of living water and wipe away every tear. And the emphases in today's gospel reading are these. My sheep know my voice. I'm sorry. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. You have a shepherd who knows you and hears you, desires for you to follow him. Now, if you've been to this church for more than two weeks, you know that Mrs. Kidd and I work with dogs. And I've told you about um, Ty Cobb, who was my championship obedience uh, field English setter. The great thing about Ty Cobb was he heard my voice and I knew him and he knew me and he, wherever I was, he wanted to be. And in the obedience ring, he was amazing. He was like, okay, dad, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? Zoom, 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 zoom. Right now, we're raising a puppy for canine companions. His name is Negri. And he is like the anti-Tai Cobb. We are having to work so, so hard to get him to hear us and to follow us. So the other day, I'm walking. I'm doing about a three-mile walk with Negri every day uh, for now. And I'm walking along. And all of a sudden, Negri just goes, and a few seconds later, I hear and see a bicyclist go by us. I hadn't heard him. I hadn't seen him until the bicycle was by us. But because Negri is just so all, oh, I'm just paying attention to what's going on out there. He was freaked way before I even knew what was going on. Because, well, that's where Negri is. He's like so tuned into everything else except me. He's insecure. And he's not sure of himself. So, how do we fix that? Glad you asked. I keep saying his name, Negri. And he'll look up at me, and there's a piece of food waiting for him. And, I mean, it's like every five seconds. I mean, this dog eats his breakfast over this three-mile walk. Negri, good dog. Boom. Negri, boom. The dog is going to learn to have the same kind of eye contact that Ty Cobb once had. He's, gonna, he's going to learn that he wants to be where I am. He's going to learn to filter everything else out. Now, friends and neighbors, Negri is you and me. We're living in a world that, I mean, pick your issue. There's, there's this and there's that and there's that and there's important stuff and yet it's like, we're lost and we're afraid and we're anxious from the moment we get up in the morning to the moment we go to bed at night to try to sleep. We're just like, and Jesus is saying, 
child, right here. Child, right here. My beloved one, right here. What he, Jesus, is saying to you over and over again every, is, is the message of every fourth Easter Sunday. I'm the good shepherd. I will get you to green pastures and fresh water. I have anointed your head with oil. My cup for you overflows. I'm with you always. In one hand, I have a rod to knock away those who would take you out. And in the other hand, I have a staff to pull you in, <laughs> to rescue you from your own waywardness. Then 2,000 years ago, I took two pieces of wood and I put them together and I made a cross to pay for it all. To wash away your sin, to heal all that is broken in you. And if you will stay with me and keep focused on me, we'll get home. And I'm just here to say, if you're just out there and trying to live for Jesus and they're not here, hearing the story and getting your name folded into the story, and if you're not here at the rail, getting the bread and the wine, even though they're kind of mixed up right now, we can't, well, anyway. Getting the bread and the wine, you're going to be hungry and you're going to be thirsty and you're not going to know who you are. So, friends, hear the invitation of Jesus himself, my child. Uh, I'm the gazelle. I'm the divine lover who has leaped mountains and bounded hills to come after you. And I want you to be that in the world around you. And for you to be that, you need to have your eyes right here. And you need to be hearing me call your name. And you need to be taking the food from my hand that I offer you. Amen? Yeah, that's pretty tepid. I'm sorry. Thank you. Amen? Amen. Oh, that's awesome. May I offer this collect from today? Oh, God, whose son Jesus is the good shepherd of your people, grant that when we hear his voice, we may know him who calls us each by name and follow where he leads, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen.